You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Creative Voices. I'm joined with today by Marlene Dahl. Hey Marlene, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me, it's great. Uh, Marlene, as ever, we always start with who are you and what do you do? Uh, so I am a weaver and a textile artist. Um, so what I do is that I create like handwoven artworks, um, both framed and unframed and in lots of different sizes using like tapestry and loom weaving techniques. Okay. And your, your background, how you got to where you are? I suppose as um, when I was young, like my mom kind of taught me how to knit and crochet and cross stitch and things like that, which kind of, so it was always kind of a big part of my life. And then when I went to GMIT and studied there, like um, got into weaving then during the textile and art and design degree. So the degree that you did, was that something that you specifically picked based on the kind of history of it in your family? Or had you thought about doing something creative in college in general? Or did you always have your heart set on that once you knew it was an option? Um, I suppose like I was always interested in like any kind of arts and culture, like um, I did creative writing for a bit and then, but then when I came to Galway about like 11 years ago, I think, so then I did like the GTI portfolio course Yeah. and then that kind of led me on to go to GMIT then. So you do like a first year kind of base, basic kind of try lots of different things and then I tried the textile kind of taster and then I kind of knew that that was it for me, which yeah. was it was kind of always in the back of my mind, but yeah, that was just, I knew that. You was knew it was for you. And then like kind of nearly instantly, I kind of realized, okay, weaving is the thing. Like that's what I love. Yeah. It made you feel something when you were doing it. Yeah. It was, there's like nothing else because you try like prints and stuff like that as well. But then I don't know. I always came back to the weaving because it's so, it's such a nice craft. It's just... It strikes me something that requires a bit of patience and it's probably quite, not solitary, but a quiet pursuit in some ways, I would imagine, is it? Yes. Like, I mean, it's extremely time consuming. Uh, <laughs> just to like set up a loom, even before starting to weave, it takes about two days. Like you have to make the warp and then like dress your loom and then like it's, yeah, it takes a long time. Okay. <laughs> but But that's the kind of, you know... That's the joy of it as well. It's kind of that slow making. It really takes a long time, which I really appreciate, I think. And that whole process, like how dive, how deep a dive into it did you have in college? Did they give you everything you needed to go off and start doing that yourself? Or did you still have to kind of learn more of your craft afterwards? Um, yeah, like weaving is extremely uh, complex. So there's like so much to learn. Of course, like in college, I did get like a good kind of, um, base of how but like I mean there's so many things you can do I'm still learning as well Yeah. like I'm always trying to challenge myself as like okay what kind of patterns can I make or how can I introduce different materials in what way <laughs> and things like that so yeah I suppose kind of my um, my approach to weaving is kind of moving away a little bit from the traditional because I don't really do anything functional Okay. That's not really kind of... Um, what you're about. What I'm about, yeah. I prefer to use it more like a like an artistic expression. Okay, yeah, so, so you're just using it as a medium or a format to express your own art as opposed to the more traditional sense of it. Yeah, yeah, for me that's that's more interesting, at the moment anyways. Yeah. Like, who knows, maybe, maybe one day I'll make scarves or yeah. things like that, you never know. Yeah. Like, 
And I suppose you found your way there on your own then. I mean, you left college and finding your own style within it. Did that take time or? I kind of find it straight away, strangely enough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I kind of always knew that I liked to play around with colors and shapes a lot. Um, like mixing colors and see what happens kind of nearly like a painter using blending colors together yeah. but instead of using paints I tend to use threads and fibers yeah. and things like that it's interesting because you're talking like an artist but I suppose the process isn't as instant either you can't just make a mark on a sheet and, and see how you feel about it it's, if you commit to a, uh, a layer or a style it takes a bit of time to get that made right? Yes, like you can't go back. You can't like erase <laughs> undo and then go back. It's like oh no. Well, you can, but that's really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> so once it's done, it's done. done. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, no, I'm getting a sense of it. I'm getting a sense of it. And starting off in that process and committing to it, I know that it's in the last would it be six months to a year that you've committed completely full time to it. Yes, yeah, so about six months. So I'm kind of. Um, Spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, How long is it overall since you began the process? So I graduated from GMIT in uh, 2016, I think. And then the following year, I um, got the Future Makers from uh, the Craft Council, which allowed me to like buy my own loom and stuff like that, because all weaving equipment is like really expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it's a very specific kind of market. It wouldn't exactly be that easy to find with it no yeah like yeah it's hard like currently I'm um, supplying lots of my kind of um, stuff from the UK which is we won't talk about that right now yeah yeah, it is hard to find like it is hard to get your your equipment and things like that yeah is there many I'm not not really that familiar with other weavers is there many of you operating within Ireland you think you're um I think there's a few like popping up every, like it's starting to become a little bit more popular. Yeah. I think, um, of course, like there's like Tweet Project and those lads. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, isn't it? How a lot of the older kind of crafts are starting to reemerge a bit. Yeah, which is really good. I think. Yeah. Like I mean, weaving is part of like the Irish culture. Yeah. Like I mean, so it's kind of. Um. No, it's really great that it's yeah. starting to, people are starting to notice it a little bit more. That's like, oh, this is a handwoven thing. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's becoming a little bit more appreciated, I think. Yeah. I think I spoke in the last episode with Fiona from Tosnio Naturals, who hand makes her products, and we'd mentioned how people are starting to get a bit more appreciation and moving back towards handmade. Yeah. And it, have a real appreciation of the time and effort that goes into these projects. I think so, yeah. I think customers as well are starting to really kind of think about what they're buying. Yeah. Kind of being really conscious of like, okay, I want to know where this product is coming from. I want to know who has made it. And yeah. yeah. It's kind of its provenance, I suppose, in a way. Mm-hmm. And maybe talk me through some of the stuff you're working on at the moment. I know you had like your, was it your cloud series there recently? Yeah. And so, like, I'm always inspired by by nature and things like that. Um, I tend to, like, my work is really abstract. It can be um, anything in nature, really, but then I can kind of zoom in on something really particular, like maybe a growth structure or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then kind of I 
um, work on like designing like maybe I draw out a shape and then try and re- how can I recreate that into fabric okay or like so in an abstract way yeah and I think um, I, I bring in like because I am from Sweden so yeah. I think my like design aesthetic is slightly more yeah like I can't I can't get rid of that <laughs> <laughs> it's just it keeps coming back yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so at the moment I am kind of really interested in kind of moss structures and things like that. Okay. Or like, but not as literal, like it's still abstract. Yeah. 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 So it'd be like maybe something that's growing. Um, you're taking the structure as inspiration as opposed to actually displaying it as such. Yeah. It it wouldn't be like a, like a, a figurative representation or anything like that. It'd be more kind of like, okay. This shapes really inspires me, yeah. and then how can I develop it and put it on a weave or weave? Okay, yeah. And I suppose in that, then you're going to have to teach yourself or learn how to do those things, aren't you? It's yeah, it's so much trial and error. Like sometimes things doesn't work out at all, <laughs> <laughs> like at all. And then you just have to like scrap it, go back to the drawing board, and it's like okay, because yeah. like with weaving as well. For, like you have to pick your materials and like maybe something that you think is going to work doesn't work at all yeah. like because you know different threads react differently with each other so okay and that's all a part of a learning process as well yeah like most of my time is like sampling so that they don't actually get used in any final pieces or anything like that yeah and they're just like teaching myself yeah <laughs> And given the abstract nature of what you do and how you said you're kind of working more to your own aesthetic and, and approach to it, have you found explaining that to people a, a bit different at the start? You, obviously, you say you're a weaver, and they might have a preconception of what that entails, or if people have been fairly open to the nature of your work as opposed to what they think weaving is. Um, I've gotten really a positive response. Um, but the funny thing is when you work abstractly, I think, is that people see different things. Mm-hmm. So when I go to markets, for example, and like my pieces can be about a certain, for me, about a certain theme. But then people are like, oh, I see. Uh, what I hear a lot is people see like sound waves, which is really interesting. Okay. Uh, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm thinking about your pieces. I suppose I could see that and yeah. I could just say it, but that never occurred to me, you know? Yeah. Which is, I think that's so interesting to see yeah. how people can like see different things yeah. in it. Which is the, you know, that's the beauty of abstract work is that people it's can see. Wonderful part things. of art, it can be whatever someone wants it to be, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. it doesn't have to be like yeah. a certain thing. And you talked earlier on about the future makers. And I, I think I just saw a bit about that on the Design Craft Council of Ireland's feed in the last few days. Could you maybe explain that one a little bit? I suppose Um, so it's like um, it's an award uh, thing that the craft council gives out every year I think so I think the ceremony was actually today yeah I remember seeing something on their Um, on their Instagram feed about it yesterday it was like I mean it was really great for me I got that in yeah 2017 and I think without that I would not have been able to keep going with like building my business because you know so it supported me really yeah. so it's like a lot. essentially a recognition of an emerging talent is that what would be the yes exactly it that's exactly it um, yeah. like anybody can apply I think um, so they have like two different 
I think it's like students and then emerging makers kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. And have you found that working with that within those kind of groups, the connection and the relationships with other emerging artists is a good way to support each other? I mean, you're all doing something very different. Do you, do you go to other people to bounce your work off them and see what the feedback might be and then vice versa for you? Yes. I think you can learn so much from a lot of people. I think like as a, you know, as an artist or like a small business, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, you get kind of get really stuck and really isolated, I think. So you really have to get out there. And even though that you don't do the same type of work, you can still kind of, there's lots of similarities, yeah. I think, of what you struggle with. I suppose you're going through a similar struggle, just with a different, with different medium or a different product. Or? It's still the same. Like yeah. there's so many kind of crossovers. I think even if you're doing ceramics or yeah, whatever it may be. You're working from your own space at home in Headford, I believe, is it? Yeah. So literally across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a stick and. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I live in like a 200-year-old cottage, so uh, which is a great setting for me. I think. As a, you know, it gives me a lot of inspiration just being in that like really old place. Yeah, it kind of ties into the historical nature of the craft, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for me it does. Like my, my little studio is absolutely tiny. Yeah. Like I have to kind of, it's like one of those uh, tiny doors and I have to kind of punch down and, and go, go in. through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just enough space for me and my yeah. room, so it's absolutely perfect. So you're quite literally a cottage industry then. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And because I don't really have a specific familiarity with the process, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about setting up the loom and stuff earlier on. Could you give us a bit of a run through of how it actually works? Like, I mean, in my head, I've seen looms in, in TVs and movies and stuff, but cool. the yeah. actual process from start to finish. Oh, God. <laughs> how long do we have? Yeah. <laughs> but another half an hour. <laughs> um, um, so, like, the setup is kind of different, but um, how I work is that first I'll, I'll collect um, any kind of inspiration material of my subject matter. So, but that's kind of separate from all the physical work yeah. as setting up the loom. I take photos or, like, do little videos, and then I might draw or paint to kind of establish, okay, what colors am I going to use? Um, and things, and maybe what kind of materials am I going to use as well? like my thickness of yarn the weight and like is it going to be a chunky weave or is it going to be a fine weave you know that kind of thing yeah, yeah. and patterns yeah. and things like that so then you kind of you make your warp which is literally a long kind of loop with lots of threads okay yeah and then <laughs> and then you wind that on your loop on your loom yeah. and then you have to um, thread them through something called heddles so it's like something that goes up and down Okay, yeah, I think I've seen those bits, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you kind of get it. So you have to thread them through that. And that's your warp. Yeah. It's like the um, vertical? Horizontal? Yeah. No, horizontal would be your weft. And then the vertical threads are your warp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm right, I'm right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, then another step, you have to, like, thread them through the, the reed, which is kind of what you beat beat down with okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's really complicated yeah it seems (laughs) yeah like I've seen the machines work on on programs and and stuff like that and they do seem like quite intricate pieces of equipment yeah 
do you like do you have much do you have to maintain the machine then yourself or how does that work um, my name is it's still quite new like I've only yeah. had it for a couple of years so so far so good yeah. you might need to like some of the like screws and hinges and stuff you might need to apply some oil and yeah. stuff like that it's very mechanically based though it's um, not really no not really it's kind of like um, I have like levers on the side where okay. I kind of uh, control the the heddles then to go yeah. either go up and down. And when you're when you're in that space and you're working, as given that it takes a lot of time, as you said, like how continual a process can, can you just like stop that and come back to it, or do you have to reach stages where you where it's okay to leave it for a while? Or it depends. I prefer to kind of like start a piece and finish it. Okay. Because if I go away, then I might kind of start to feel different about it. Maybe you're. Yeah, you might change. Like as, tension is super important when you're weaving. Like you don't want your your weave to kind of warp or. So if you kind of walk away, in the middle of something, you might like pull a little bit harder, for example, or okay. weave a little bit yeah, harder. Yeah. So I think for me, I, I try to just like get something done, yeah. and then like okay, that's done. Walk away. Yeah. So you're just pretty much focused on it until it's completed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and do you work in a, in a fairly isolated fashion? Like, you, do you have music on? Are you thinking about something else, or are you just like completely? Um, sometimes music, sometimes podcasts. It depends what I'm what I'm making. I think. Yeah. Is it a noisy environment with the machine working or? Not no. No. I don't think so. You just don't take any notice. Yeah, I was just like I don't really know. Yeah. I suppose maybe I'm so used to kind of the sound. Yeah. Uh, so don't really yeah don't notice yeah. it anymore okay and you have some events coming up as well where where I will do. we yeah. <laughs> which I'm like um, trying to get some stock ready for it which is you know and so I'm on the Goa International Food and Craft Festival which yes. is running from the 5th to the 7th of July in Salt Hill Park isn't in Salt Hill Park yeah exactly yeah that's a full weekend of it isn't it it is three days yeah so I have a lot of work to do. Yeah, you've done a few fairs though, and, and shows, and yeah, like my first kind of really big, I suppose, um, coming out fair was like the black box during Christmas. Yeah, which is when I kind of really nailed down my my branding and my kind of identity as as a maker, or as yeah, a, yeah. As which way I wanted to bring my weaving. Kind yeah, of, uh, which was really successful for me. I had a really great time. I suppose it must have been interesting as well to have that kind of direct interaction with the public and show them what you're doing and, and get it's that so feedback. It's so fun. It's so fun. Like, people are so... When they see my work, like they're like, wow, I didn't know weaving could be like this. Yeah. Which is, like, so rewarding for me. It's like... Yeah. yeah it's really great. It's, not, it's always nice to get that direct interaction with the person who buys the product, though, isn't it? I mean... Yes. Do you sell online, or...? I do, yeah. There's... Um, I have, like, an Etsy shop, so you can find it on my, my website. Yeah. Still, that actually physically handing a product to someone—it's just, it's yeah, it's amazing. I suppose I've um, worked in hospitality a long time, so like being affairs is like such a buzz. And yeah, like, yeah, so fun. And just talking to people and, like I say, like their reactions of like yeah. things and as well in, in what they see in my work kind of maybe inspire something else, uh, yeah. which is great. And was there a tipping point there then along the, the path that you decided to commit completely to it? I know you'd been kind of working part-time or whatever at it for a while. Was it just you decided to go for broke and do it? Or? Yeah, so 
I did like what your what they advise you not to do. <laughs> it's true. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so, because I was working in coffee work for quite some time, um, which was a really inspiring environment. Because um, you're looking at a lot of other creatives yeah, and makers lot, and products, a lot of amazing uh, design products and things like that. So, but anyways, I decided to quit my day job and just focus uh, completely to build my uh, my uh, my business. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, which was extremely terrifying at the start because yeah. you think you know nothing, which you, you know I didn't really. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, um, I've done a few courses with the Go Leo, mm. which has been so helpful, like about bookkeeping, <laughs> taxations, yeah. accounts, all these kind of. Yeah, yeah, the basic uh, stuff you know, that like, unless you actually go and get it, you're not going to be able to learn it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I've heard a lot of good feedback from people about the LEO in fairness. They seem to be yeah, very yeah, positive about true. their, their They're, courses. I'm actually in a course right now. It's like um, they do like a joint one with the Craft Council. So that's okay. the one I'm in right now. Yeah. And it's really good. Like that's what we were talking about earlier about meeting people that's in the same kind of business. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's so fun. Yeah. I think when you're doing something handmade or something small, there's so much commitment and time and energy to being the creative part of it that sometimes the business side can feel a bit exhausting so if you can get a rational process to it or some help along the way yeah it definitely can take a bit of a weight off yeah because like all that admin stuff it's just sometimes you just get like overwhelmed with it and then but yeah once you get these little kind of hints or little tricks from you know yeah. from organizations like Leo then you're like okay maybe I can do this yeah. you know <laughs> like I just need to write stuff down I'll be grand yeah you know? uh, I know for me it's just I had to start getting a better process in place because otherwise it's the end of every month it's like oh god all just this stuff like, that I put off yeah like a filing system yeah yeah <laughs> one of those yeah. how do I do this yeah. <laughs> and uh, what, so what are you working on at the moment are you moving towards a new collection or what, what are you thinking or because you, you've talked about kind of finding your space or your own style but you're still evolving in some ways and you showed me some of your new work there earlier on so I really like the, the aesthetic of it like are you trying to lock in a specific range or are you just kind of moving with it and seeing where you go yeah like right now I said I'm interested in growth and kind of like um, how things adapt over yeah. time so it's like changing but um like how how a shape is maybe changing. So yeah. There's a lot of kind of stuff like that going on in my work uh, right now. And yeah, we went to um, or I was in Portugal there in the beginning of the year, and I got really interested in these kind of sea stacks. Like so, it's like pillars of of cliffs, but they're separate oh, from yeah. the cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, that shape is really kind of uh, okay. inspiring me. So I'm not really sure where I'm going with it just yet. It's still kind of in development process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what where I'm you're doing at. right now. I'm trying to see if, if I can create a collection inspired by that. But like, I'm as well, like as I'm working, you're taking, I might find something yeah. else. It's like, oh, you know, and then it just goes off on like a tangent or something. And then if I suppose it works, it works. If you're, as you said, inspired by nature, there's always a danger that you could end up with almost too much inspiration and not enough work. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> That's how I feel. I have like, oh, I should do a project about this. I should do a project about that, and then it's just piling up. But, yeah. 
there's never enough time. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there, there genuinely isn't when you're creative, I suppose. And um, those uh, those those first few sales and and so forth, I suppose it was gratifying to know that people wanted the product. Yes, incredible. And have you moved much away from? I suppose when you start a new business and you think about what people might want, have you learned many lessons along the way of making stuff that appeals to your aesthetic and people might want and then making stuff that actually will sell? <laughs> if that makes a, a sense. Yes, it does yeah. make complete sense. Um, but I try not to think like too much of the customer. Yeah. I know that maybe sounds a bit... Well, no, I mean, it's okay to be honest to your own product and, and commit to it and say, this is what I do and the people will find it, you know? Yeah. Now, just looking here as well, you've, you've a bit of a good run of exhibitions behind you as well. Yeah, a few in the backpack. <laughs> yeah. You had what? ones at the 126 Gallery and... Yeah, that was last year, so it was like a member's exhibition, so which was great to be part of. I think um, Tori's work were there as well. That's oh, okay, cool. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And with the exhibitions, do you find, uh, like, is it, do you build much relations from them with people? Or exhibitions, I'm always curious about, especially for artists who are solo makers and stuff, do exhibitions actually lend themselves to, you know, sales and products, or is it more people who are more interested, shall we say? Um, hard to say like I don't think I have enough experience to really to answer that really yeah. um, I would really like to do more exhibitions because it is really fun yeah. like um, it's just really nice to see your work in a like set up in a space it's just really nice um, yeah I suppose you have to work a bit different to generate the, the work for the exhibition as well you need a body of work that kind of that can fit into yeah a specific in, like exhibition yeah. But uh, it's, I think it's the same as the craft fair. It's always nice to get out and talk to different artists or different people and yeah. see what they see, see how they react to the work and see, yeah. you know. Weaving-wise, is there anything, any anyone else's work that kind of inspires you? Like, I'm, I'm not familiar with other weavers, but is there particular people in the industry that you'd look at and aspire to, shall we say? Or is it because it's a re-emerging market, is it something uncommon? I suppose it kind of is. Like, I don't know, not, nobody really current, but, like, Annie Albers is, like, a an old um, German weaver. Like, she was in the, the Bauhaus um, yeah. um, time. And her work was really great. She was, like, one of the first weavers that kind of started doing weaving, like, like artwork. Yeah. So it wasn't nothing functional. It's, so her work is super inspiring, I think. I suppose it's quite easy to draw inspiration from other forms of art, though, as well. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Like even yeah, I like paintings like um, people that work with with color and kind of interesting ways, like Bridget Riley or stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. I put you on the spot there again. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Stuff that you're working on at the moment, or upcoming projects, or other shows? Um, I'm actually um, I just signed up for um, yeah, Creative Makers of Galway. Okay. Do you know anything? No, actually, I'm not familiar with that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so they are like a, a group of artists and makers. So we all we all did this course that I'm currently on with Leo. Yeah. So they all come from there, and they do like a pop-up shop in the corn store. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, corn store is always yeah. good for having events. Yeah. Events. So yeah. I think they were there over Christmas time. 
Yes, I remember there was a set of stalls, and I believe Pat, Pat Flannery, one of the artists we stock here, actually had some of her work in there with a few other people. Mm, I think yeah. Lorraine is in there. Lorraine Fletcher, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which is, it's really great that like we all come together. Yeah. So, they're doing like a pop up shop during the Arts Festival. Okay. So, it is running from the 16th to the 28th of so, July. Yeah. yeah, of July, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, in the court store. Yeah. So, that'll be great. I suppose it's great to get that concentration of artists together because you, you'll get people drawn to it and then you also get to spend some time kind of around other people's work as you said and getting inspired by what they're all doing you're all kind of rowing the same boat together for want of a better yeah like I mean it's all um, what's that what's that thing the more the merrier like, yeah. you know if you get together you can you can actually create something yeah um, it's a good. It'll be a good energy as well. Oh yeah. yeah, and there are so many great makers in that group. So I'm just delighted to be yeah. part of it. There's definitely an explosion of, of makers at the moment. It's it's amazing. We we're looking at stuff constantly for the shop, and I think I've said this a few times. You, I'm a little overwhelmed. I want to have it all, but obviously I can't. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's. Uh, but it's great. I think you know. It's yeah. It's fantastic. All these people coming out showing their work. Cause that's yeah. You know, maybe people like like myself. I'm very kind of introverted, so yeah. like it took me a long time to kind of you know put my work out there. But like I think yeah, it's really interesting to see what, what people have under their beds or like, yeah, in yeah. Their wardrobe. You know, it's kind of like oh, okay. Well, I think it's been proven in the last few years that it, it can be successful for someone. You can make it as a individual, as a maker, as an artist, whatever, and just being willing to put the work out there and understand that it's your work but people liking it or not liking it isn't necessarily a reflection on you it's just people's personal preferences of course yeah yeah which is a kind of interesting thing as an artist I think is like I'm not only a weaver I'm not only an artist like there's all these other aspects of of my life yeah so it's like what you're saying just because somebody doesn't like your work doesn't you know I think there's always a danger and it's like you spoke about earlier on when you're working on your own it's kind of solitary environment that you can identify yourself too much with what you make or do a creation then to get any negativity or whatever towards it feels very personal when in fact it's just someone's opinion yeah and just one person that doesn't mean anything yeah but it's always easier to take the knockbacks the 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 one negative against all the positives (laughs) yeah that's the one that you remember it's like you know yeah yeah like if you get bad reviews oh yeah it's the like, one bad oh, review that you obsess over it doesn't matter if you have 50 good reviews you know? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you always wonder about that one <laughs> uh, so just finding you online it's marlenedal.com dot com yeah. or IE whichever suits you the best okay um, but will direct you to, to my website yeah and yeah you can find my Etsy shop on, on there do you ship outside of Ireland as well? Or? I do, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And then Instagram is probably where I'm most kind of um, active, I suppose, where I share like what I'm working on and things like that. Yeah. So it's just um, at Marlene J. Dahl. That's okay. It. Yeah, again, I always put links in the show notes anyway, so people can find you. Great. And uh, physical stockists, I know we have you here in the store here in Moycullen. 
You'll be at this fair in Salt Hill Park, 5th to 7th of July, and yes. the Creative Makers Galway, it was called? Yes, the pop-up shop, um, 16th to the 28th of July. Okay, so. cool. I might get some links off you for those and we can throw them up as well. Sounds good. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> I saw on your Instagram a while back that you met our president and gave him a little piece of your... Weave, was that correct? I did. It was a gift, so he didn't really buy it. So, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it was funny because uh, the piece I made um, accidentally, totally accidentally, looked like the shape of Ireland. Okay. So then we went up there for some occasion, and then I just kind of like, okay, I'm going to give this to him, and I did. Yeah. And he really appreciated it. Oh, that's awesome. Which was an um, amazing experience. Yeah. <laughs> and that was part of your cloud series, wasn't it? It was, exactly, yeah. yeah. Just before we go, actually, I uh, just typed in your website address there to make sure I had the right one. And I see you mentioned that you're natural and ethically sourced fibers for your work. Yeah, that's something that's like super important to me. I think um, I'm very conscious of like the materials I'm using. I try to source organic. I'm using mostly cotton yarns and um, organic, always organic yeah. when I can, because the cotton industry is just pretty ridiculous yeah. so just try to do my part you know yeah. and um, yeah always wool or like linen things like that and try to source it locally when I can yeah um, because as well you know try and you know Support it, yeah. impact on the environment. Yeah. Is that difficult? Have you found that difficult to do? Or because, again, it's a very specific market, so I'd say finding stuff like that takes a bit of time, doesn't it? Yeah, you have to do your research and see, like, okay, is this product actually what they are, what they say it is? Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be kind of, you know, a little bit sharp on that. I'm willing to put the bit of legwork in for it. Yeah, like I'm kind of obsessive nearly about it. I'm like, how do you dye your yarn? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what's the process? So, but um, I think it's important, you know, like every step of the way, you have to be conscious about what you're making. Well, if you're going to hand make and deliver a product to people that you feel so strongly about, I guess it's it's crucial that the first step of that, which is the raw material, exactly supports what you believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. Uh, well Marlene I think we've pretty much covered everything I believe that's great yeah so again that's marlenedal.com or dal.ie and available as well here in Treebark store and we'll put some links in the show and be sure and catch Marlene at the shows coming up in Salt Hill and in the corn store over the coming months sounds good Marlene thanks a million for joining me on the show thanks Jeff thanks for listening to Creative Voices this podcast is sponsored by Treebark store and produced by P3B Photography for more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store, or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com, or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again, and catch you on the next episode.